My name is John Q. Public, and I am a member in good standing of an organization called America. And I have a message for those agencies and agents that work under the auspices of the Department of Justice. You have called me many things in the past, rebel, right-wing extremist, domestic terrorist, to name a few. But that is not important. What I'm about to tell you is... There must be accountability in all things, sooner or later. When you sin, however big or small, you will be held accountable, either in this life or the next. When you invade people's privacy, violate their rights, steal property, break up families, and hurt people, the time is fast approaching that you will be held accountable both in this life and the next. You and I took the same oath, administered by the same people. We both swore to protect the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Some of you actually feel that you honor that oath, but you violate it each time you force a young girl to her bedroom floor in nothing but her underwear and hold her there at gunpoint. Or when you shoot or stomp a family pet to death, or shoot a young boy down in cold blood in the mountains of Idaho, or incinerate over 70 innocent people in the church in Texas. Warriors indeed. How dare you call me a domestic terrorist? I go to work every day, sometimes at two jobs to make ends meet. I attend church every Sunday that I'm not working. As difficult as it is, I try to make time each day for my kids. I teach them about the Constitution and the Golden Rule. I have extra food and supplies to help myself and others through hard times. I try as hard as I can to obey the ever-increasing number of laws that are forced upon us, and I pay my, my fair share of taxes. I have a gun to protect myself and my family against those who would do us harm. I shouldn't have to use it to protect us against you. In fact, your organization is not even authorized by the Constitution and shouldn't be here. But since you are here, let's talk about your job description and performance. We have common enemies, you and I, that we should be united in fighting. The Founding Fathers never intended for us to fight each other. We should be as one. The current us-against-them attitude should never have been allowed to rear its ugly head. Division is unhealthy for the country. You will undoubtedly conduct more unconstitutional invasions of homes and businesses, and more innocent people will be injured or killed. A dairy in Pennsylvania, a rabbit grower in Kansas, a gun shop in New Mexico. It may even be me and my family. But let me make one thing abundantly clear. We, the people, have grown weary of living in fear. We're tired of being treated like animals. If you continue to follow the path that you are on, the time may come when you will not find us waiting to be descended upon when we least expect it. We may come to you. We outnumber you a thousand to one, and the same people that trained you trained many of us. We, the people, are becoming aware of those numbers. One day, you will launch one of your cowardly sneak attacks on an unsuspecting young family in Idaho, and instead of your brave sniper Finding a defenseless, unarmed woman holding a baby in her arms, he may find that the tables have been turned. One day, instead of terrorizing and destroying another American family in retribution for a trivial infraction of an unconstitutional law, instead of shooting down defenseless children or young veterans that are trying only to live the American dream, you may find patriots waiting for you that have been pushed to their limit. One day, you will find that you have awakened a sleeping giant and we the people will indeed hold you accountable for your evil deeds. Hundreds of men, women, and children have died at your hand because of poor information, no information, 
are just plain overzealous, out-of-control power freaks on an adrenaline high that have no regard for human life. Agents that think their badge is a license to kill with impunity. The difference between you and us is that we will not harm your family as long as they stay out of the fight. I don't want your family to go through what you have put many of ours through. Yes, they will be sad if you don't come home, but when the grieving is over, they will come to understand that you simply chose the wrong side. You see, this is nothing more than a conflict between good and evil. It's that simple, but this is not how it is supposed to be. This is not the America that the Founding Fathers entrusted us with. I implore each of you, before you go to work tomorrow, to take a long, hard look at yourself in the mirror and see if you truly like what you see. If you can look at yourself and be proud of what you've done, or what you may be called upon to do, or more importantly, if you feel that you can walk uprightly before God and look Him in the eye and feel justified in what you have done, then we have nothing further to discuss. But some of you are not really jackbooted thugs. Some of you are simply misguided and feel that you really are doing the right thing. To you, I say, please, follow your conscience. Do what you know in your heart is right, for we the people will hold you accountable. And it's time for the shooting bench. If political incorrectness offends you, or if you don't like guns, or if you don't believe our government is corrupt enough to compare to 1938 Nazi Germany, this may not be the show for you, because for the next two hours, that's all we're going to talk about. You need to understand that there's a storm coming. You need to understand that the storm is building strength. And most of all, you need to understand that we are the storm. Welcome to the Shooting Bench. It is the 23rd of March. Month almost gone already. And uh, a lot of stuff going on. Got some gun stuff to do tonight. And I uh, hope you all had a good weekend. We've had, uh, as Amy told you all ago, we have a new family member, a little Border Collie. And he's a he's a dang smart little dog. Of course, I expect that out of Border Collies. But he's, uh, as, as he grows and does things will keep you informed here but i think i told you about him already the other night man okay i don't even know where to start we got so much going on with this coronavirus and stuff and we've talked about it quite a bit already i uh, fully expect this to go on for at least a couple of months and the problem is and, and like I've told you before, I've never been worried about the virus. I'm worried about everything else that's going on with it. And I think that America will probably never fully recover from the economic impact of this. Um, we, and we, we've already talked. I wanted to keep on keep on about the same thing. But, you know, they closed all those casinos in, in all over Nevada and and all the, the 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 restaurants, the gas stations, and the and the gyms, and the swimming pools, and the libraries, and everything. You know how many hundreds of thousands of uh, probably tens of millions of people that they're putting out of work. Okay, so they're going to plan on sending them a thousand bucks or whatever they were talking about. I don't even pay attention to that. 
stupid. But uh, it's not going to help any. $1,000, nice to have in your pocket. you got to realize that uh, the taxpayers are, are furnishing that. And, uh, of course, you're a taxpayer. I guess you'll get your $1,000. Everybody will. But um, it's a drop in the bucket when you look at, you know, people that have two, three, four, five thousand dollars worth a month worth of payments on stuff, and this is going to go on for several months. So I don't know, <clears throat> but you know, one of the things that's one of the big problems for me, big, huge, mon- absolutely monumental, gigantic is the fact that if that reservation's closed down and I can't get out there to campaign, the chances of me being successful in this are pretty slim. So hoping that they'll lift the restrictions up here shortly, like yesterday. But um, I don't know. It doesn't look like it's going to happen for a little while. Of course, the election's in November. You know, if I can get out there. The problem is the incumbent, the guy that I'm running against, is uh, himself Native American, and it can come and go out there, and, and currently sheriff, so he can come and go out there, you know, as he pleases, whenever. So that's uh, that's that's a very unfair advantage. So we'll see what happens. I, uh, I hopefully in the next couple of months this will be eased up, and I can get out there. In the meantime, I'm going to need to put a heck of a lot of money into advertising i need to get some radio time and uh see if i can get some people that actually live out there to uh donate some time and and help me uh get things you know um what am i trying to say get literature distributed and stuff so that'll be that'll be good okay let's see Hang on just a second here. We got. Okay. All right. Let me keep going here. Let me. uh, Let me get on here to some of the things I've got saved for you. That was just uh, off the top of my head there. And, you know, this um, with all this stuff going on, I was driving around today and, and, you know, doing some work and visiting some people and everything. And it looks like a ghost town out there with everything closed, you know, very few. This is something out of, uh, you know, we talked at great length about the book um, One Second After. And this kind of reminds me of that. Very little traffic. Parking lots are empty. Um, it's, uh, I keep getting these messages here. I'm sorry, I'm stuttering here. It's, well, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'll tell you what, I, I've got, I, I can't really predict, obviously, what's going to happen, but I'll tell you what I think. Um, I think that. A lot of people are going to be ruined. I think it's a matter of probably two to four weeks before a great number of suicides start. 
I think that somebody is going to go off the deep end here, maybe several somebodies, with all this stress and all this, um, you know, losses and, and everything, and somebody's going to pull the trigger. Now, what, who they pull the trigger against, you know, that's yet to be seen. But uh, I, I feel that um, it's going to get every bit as, as bad as we ever thought it was going to be. And if this stimulus thing, I don't think this stimulus, whether it goes, you know, the, the Democrats are bowing up against that. And okay. Uh, I don't think it's going to make any difference. I think it'll be a, a drop in the bucket. It'll be so, the, the effects, the benefits will be so minuscule that it'll not be, it's strictly a talking point. It's a, uh, you know, look what we did. We're doing our best. We're trying. Well, the, uh, Regardless of the origin of this and the conspiracy theories and, you know, what it's doing, where it started, who's doing it and who's behind the whole thing. Uh, I, I don't even care. It doesn't matter. It's like 9-11. I don't care how the buildings came down. They came down and they killed 3,000 people or whatever it was. Uh, whoever did it, if I... And unless I had some kind of proof other than all the YouTube videos that are out there, it wouldn't matter if I could prove it. If I could prove it, I'd just be dead in a day. And uh, it, it still happened. The, re the response to it was still dynamic. It was still, you know, nothing's going to change. Nothing's ever going to change until we change it. And it's, uh, I'm afraid that it's not going to change. It's not going to go quietly into the night, as they say. Okay. Well, let's, um, let's move on here. We've got quite a few things to talk about. We've got a bill coming up here. And this is, this was just like five days ago. And this was in Pennsylvania, Nan. Pennsylvania has, they're going to try to, uh, they have to try and they're introducing a bill that's going to ban direct internet ammo sales. It's going to require a $50 permit to buy bullets, to buy ammo. Uh, new legislation in introduced this month in the Pennsylvania House aims to add fees and limits to how Keystone Staters buy their ammunition. House Bill 2344. Um, it's, you know, that's the that's the long and short of it right there. It just goes into more detail about what they're doing, but they're they're banning ammo sales off the Internet. And I really expected uh, other states rather than, than Pennsylvania to do this before them. Pennsylvania has always been pretty gun-friendly. You know, I went out there and, I actually went out there and visited Nan uh, several years ago, and and that's been quite a few years ago now. But, and uh, we had fun out there. We went out and shot groundhogs and and woodchucks, whatever they call them out there. And, and uh, you know there were there were very few restrictions. We didn't have any problem. But apparently, all this has changed now. As time goes on, more changes that are made, more states that they're made in. Okay, let's look at the next one here. 
This is in Westwood. Wait a minute, Firefox. Okay. Had a little blockage there. This was in Ohio, in Westwood, Ohio. And a, uh, a bar owner there decided that he uh, would try to just tough it out and not, you know, not do what he's told. You know, he said, you, you got to close up, and he didn't. And I don't blame him. You know, I, I wouldn't have either. If I had a bar or any kind of an establishment out there and they told me to close, especially if you just see it on the Internet. Now, if they come along with a with a warrant in their hand and, and cops by their side, then, yeah, okay, I get it. But um, a lot of them are not, uh, not bowing down to this. So the cops came and brought a carpenter with them, and they boarded his windows up and shut the doors and, and uh, sealed it up. So my question to you is, what part of the Constitution, where in there does it say that anybody has the authority to do this? To disclose private businesses and everything just at a, on a whim. This is a bad deal. This is very bad. It's going to last for way too long, and, and uh, I'm just really concerned about what's going to be happening here over the next few months. And uh, you want to know the truth, it's probably going to be happening over the next few years before it's all all uh, gathered back up and headed in the right direction. But like I said, the, the economic impact is going to last for many years, I think. I may be completely wrong, and I hope I am, because this is going to uh, go a long ways towards destroying this country. We didn't need the United Nations coming in. We didn't need the New World Order. We, I mean, that's just probably part of it. But, you know, we didn't need any of these other theories and, and ideas that people come up with. All we need to do is turn a virus loose. And that's uh, then in the, in the name of public safety and health and everything, we'll shut everything down and board everything up and put everybody out of work and make everybody 100% dependent on the government. And, uh, you know, for the most part, it's working. There'll be a few of us that'll, you know, bow up and not, not do it. Of course, we're going to suffer for it. Uh, we're not going to be, uh, I think that this may be, I, you know, I hate to say this, but the mark of the beast may be coming here. This may be how you get fed. This may be how you get uh, things in town, is you have a, a uh, course, it'll start out harmless enough, probably with a um, just a, a number, a tag, a ticket, something that you need to retain and bring in with you. But I think that, um, I think it's going to get much, much worse than that. Okay, well, enough of that. Had enough. So I think what I'm going to do here, let me switch over to the other side of this and see if I can do something else. Stand by just a second. Okay, there it is. Let's go from here. Hey, uh, before we, I got one more little thing to put in here about this uh, coronavirus. Um, I was asked earlier by a, a listener and said, 
don't don't hospitals plan for emergencies? Don't they have any kind of preparedness plan? Why are the why are the hospitals having to get supplies from TV? As and they are, there some of the TV shows are donating uh, supplies and stuff. But you know, you really have to understand that we're. I think I said it the other night. We're sailing in uncharted waters right now. We have never experienced anything like this. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying yes. We've had bigger, more deadly pandemics. We've had more people die. We've covered more country, but the response to the pandemic has never ever approached this level. Uh, we didn't. We didn't waste. 40 million masks in four days before. Uh, but now, they, they, with the media's help, they've made such a big, scary thing out of this. I think I told you a few days ago, a week or so ago, I believe, one of our local uh, police departments ran out of masks. And who do they come to? People that are prepared. The town manager called me and said, "Our our cops have not a mask in in town. Is do, do they not ever have any? Well, yeah, they do. And any other time, they can just go down to uh, Walmart, Lowe's, Home Depot, whatever, and pick them up or their local medical supply place or whatever. No one has ever had any idea." that all the masks would disappear in 36 hours. We've always been, it's just like, it's just like food and gas and baby, you know, diapers and whatever. Hand, hand, you know, what do you call them things? Hand wipe thingies. Wet wipes, you know. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, you know, in, in a matter of a few hours, literally, it's all gone. They all disappeared. We've never had to deal with this. So, yeah, do hospitals have a preparedness plan? Absolutely they do. But part of that plan is, you know, they may have some uh, uh, some masks put away, but they don't have enough masks to outfit the whole hospital day after day and, and visitors day after day after day after day, hour after hour. They don't use that many. They never need that many. This is this is not, you know, nobody prepares like Cope Reynolds does with uh, with you know the things that that we've got. And it's maybe I've been a little bit uh, paranoid, gone a little overboard. But when the cops needed masks, who had them? So you know all the things that I've told uh, all my. Uh, kids here lately that uh, you know uh, some of the things when we were growing up I know you thought your old man was, was crazier than a bed bug but um, this is what we were preparing for this is why I did what I did and it's here and it's real and it's happening there's no question about it it's not going to go away tomorrow you're not going to wake up from a bad dream and, and everything be back to normal you know Wednesday it's going to be here for a while. And if you failed to prepare, you prepared to fail. And it shows. So, 
There you have it. While we're on the question of these, on the topic of these masks, you know, we talked about those quite a bit the other day. Let me tell you something that's happening at a, uh, a hospital back east. They have issued a bulletin, a publication on how to um, preserve how to make your masks last a little longer. And uh, let's see, there we go. And what they've done, you know, and I've always thought, and I will continue to think, that um, we can, uh, you know, when you're done with the mask at the end of the day or wherever you want to trade, I think that you can uh, spray some silver on the outside of that mask and probably kill everything that's on it. Now, eventually, the dead stuff that's in there, it doesn't just blow away. It's still probably going to plug it up. But, you know, it makes it, I think, some degree of, of safe. But here's what they're saying here. This is from this is an official publication uh, for cleaning and reusing and storing N95 masks and face shields. They say it can be reused until damaged, torn, straps lose their elasticity, contaminated, or it becomes difficult to breathe through. Store in a brown paper bag. Mark the user's name on the bag. Now, they're talking about their people at the hospital, uh, which you can do the same thing, but this is why they're marking their name on it. Change out the bag on a frequent basis, maybe every other day, or when a new mask is used. Uh, and then they tell you where in the hospital you can get these bags. And the face shields, it says, can be reused until damaged, torn, straps, losing, or blah, 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 uh, or becomes difficult to see through. Wipe the exterior with purple top PDI wipes. I don't know if you'll have any of those available. No bleach on a daily basis or if the shield becomes soiled. So that's uh, that's their idea here. So if you look at um, the the longevity, the life of these masks, there's you can um, you know the efficiency goes down a little bit every time, every day with the masks. And there, you know, the reason that they're saying this is because yes, man, all hospitals are are experiencing this. If they're not today, they will tomorrow. And they're having to try to extend the life of their N95 mask as far far as they can safely do it until or unless they can get some new ones. So every day that they do this, the efficiency of the mask goes down a little. So every time you um, use the mask, um, more and more, every time you wash it and clean it like this, more and more of the water vapor gets trapped inside of the HEPA filter, and more and more moisture on the outside gets trapped in the outer filter. So eventually it's going to get to a point where it won't filter at all or, you know, just completely quit and you can't breathe through it. So that's um, that's what's going on with masks and hospitals and filters and, and whatnot. 
Let me take a little short break and organize my stuff here just a little bit, and I'll come back and join you. I'll be back. Another segment of the shooting bench right here on the Survival Circle Radio Network. Okay, let's get in here and finish this up. Let me get over here to my to my stories. This this has nothing to do with anything that we've been talking about, but it's a neat story. This is, uh, with all the things that's going on, we have here a brand new story out of Arkansas. 
there's a Sonic out there, you know, Sonic Drive-In. Sonic's one of my used to, they've, yeah, I guess they've had their, their, uh, you know, guns are unwelcome 15 minutes of fame, but, you know, they don't pay attention to it. Nobody says anything. And, uh, obviously when you're sitting in your, in your car, they didn't do anything anyway. But, um, I still once in a while wind up going to Sonic and, and there's one in Arkansas here that as this uh, virus spreads, you know, the people are, restaurants are closing or being forced to, uh, you know, at least close it to the dine-in customers and do carry-out or, or drive-up windows or whatever. And for truck drivers, this can be pretty hard because a lot of the restaurants are just not accessible to these big trucks. There's just no place to park, no way to get to them. So about two years ago, in Fordyce, I guess it's Fordyce, Arkansas, built a drive-through specifically for heavy-duty trucks, and the employees have confirmed that with uh, uh, landline in the afternoon of March 19th, that the drive-through was still open for business. So they were, uh, as they were looking for a new location to put this drive in, they noticed all the big rigs driving by on, on uh, Highway 8 and U.S. Route 79. So uh, when they started working on their plans to build this, they wanted, they said, there's dang many trucks here. Why don't we make it where it'll accommodate these trucks? I never heard of such a thing. But um, they were looking at the, uh, the highway there and noticed the, the tremendous amount of 18-wheelers they got talking about it and decided to put in a, a drive-through for trucks. And uh, they got the measurements from a, you know, had a tractor trailer, a friend that was a truck driver or whatever, and and uh, set out to build this thing with um, all the components of a normal drive-in. Then added accessible digital screens and a driveway and large parking lot and all this stuff. In uh, September of 2018, it was finished. They had 17 stalls. <laughs> wow, they put some money into this Sonic. Had 17 stalls and drive-through window for passenger vehicles, as well as two standalone menus for trucks pulling trailers and a third one for 18-wheelers and buses. Um, trucks pulling trailers, I guess that's pickups and stuff. Because 18-wheeler and truck pulling a trailer, I'm not sure what the difference is, but. But uh, anyway, to allow where the employees could take the food to them, they got steps that you would normally use, like like on a mobile home, you know, that they have for for trailer houses and stuff. And they modified one of those and got it where they could just march right up to the right up to the window of these trucks. And uh, they said they hadn't. Sonic said they hadn't done anything like that before, and it was kind of scary. They obviously put a ton of money into it. They'd already built the place, spent over two million dollars. And uh, so they hoped they had the correct angle and everything right for these trucks. And so they went and found a truck driver and told him he'd give him a free meal if he'd come to Sonic and test this out for us. So he <laughs> drove through there and everything was just right. And he got his free meal, bless his heart. And uh, on the day that this thing opened, uh, the business posted a picture of the first big rig drive through customer on Facebook, and I guess this got to be quite a monumental thing there. Had almost a million views on this Facebook post. So then they've just got a, 
you know, a whole bunch of you know, testimonials or whatever, you know, comments from drivers and stuff. But I thought that was kind of cool, you know, aside from the from the coronavirus and everything else going on. I thought that was neat. Okay, well, let's switch gears here just a little bit, and then we'll move back into some gloom and doom and terrible trials and tribulations here. I've told you about the little Ruger PC-9. Well, the PC-9 is about to go the way of the AR-15. It is becoming tremendously popular. And with that, like they do any other gun, they start coming up with all manner of of uh, gadgets and doohickeys and bells and whistles and things to put on it. And some of them are actually pretty pretty neat. They've got one with a folding stock and one with a uh, kind of a uh, collapsible AR-15 looking stock and, and threaded barrels. Of course, I guess they all have threaded barrels on them. And uh, the gun's pretty neat. I'm going to tell you, it shoots well. It shoots. You'd be surprised. You add that extra um, what is it? Um, foot foot 13 inches something like that of barrel length and you're you're getting a screaming damn little nine millimeter bullet there and uh, we we've talked about that part of it before now they have come out with something i i can see this being exceedingly useful if you are uh you know on, on a on a cqb type team or something where not a CQB team, you know, entry team where CQB is the order of the day. The PC-9 now has a handgun. Is it useful? Probably not for most of us. Uh, it does have a Picatinny rail in the back built for a brace, which, you know, a lot of them, people use them for shoulder stocks or something, but... Um, it, it doesn't have any sights on it. It just has a rail for some type of optics, you know, a red dot or, or uh, um, what do you call those, uh, EOTECs or something like that. And it's got the same interchangeable magazine well where you can put Glock magazines or the Ruger magazines in it. But I can see how it'd be, it wouldn't be useful to me at this point in my life, I don't think. Would it be fun to play with? Oh, boy, absolutely, yes, it would be fun to play with, like a whole bunch. But probably not enough to put the money into one of them. It would definitely be fun, though, no doubt about it. But um, it's got a six-and-a-half-inch threaded barrel and uh, quite a quite a, a beefy, complete handguard on it, ventilated handguard to protect your hand and everything and 5.2 pounds so it's kind of kind of beefy for a for a handgun but to to drop this on a single point sling with a folding stock or a brace or something and to use it to enter buildings and stuff or you know heavily wooded areas or something yeah i can see how this might be a a useful little little toy Still, I don't, you know, I wouldn't mind having one, but I'm not going to run out and buy one just because it looks neat. But uh, uses standard AR-15 grips on the pistol grips, 
and it uh, has the same takedown feature and everything as the um, as the as the larger gun. And anodized aluminum handguard, Magpul M locks slots. Yeah, these M lock slots are um, says they're at three, six, and nine o'clock positions. And you've got a uh, kind of like a forward pistol grip, only kind of not. It's just a thing to keep your hand from sliding forward in front of the barrel. And I can see how this it's a hand stop, basically. And uh, I can see how this could be, with this short barrel and everything, I see how that could be a, a very handy thing to have. But um, for those with the Ruger American pistol, you can get a separate magwell for it. Um, with them for a little extra money to fit the um, that one, so it'd be three three different magazine wells, I guess, would be available for this. Two of them come with the gun; one of them are as available as an accessory. Seven hundred ninety nine dollars for this little thing. And uh, how does it shoot? Well, they um, got a little video here that I haven't watched yet. I should have watched it before I. Before I uh, started talking about it, but maybe I'll watch it and let you know Wednesday how it turns out. Okay, let's see. Let me go over here and check and see what. Okay, we're doing okay there. Kind of bouncing around. New Jersey has, you know, there's so many of these knee slap, uh, knee jerk uh, uh, responses to this. Virus, you know, they're they're just the New Jersey suspended the Second Amendment basically, and of course they got sued. Right, uh, you better he's coming back in there. <laughs> so anyway, they got sued and and uh, looks like looks like they won the Second Amendment found or the Second Amendment for American. What is it? Suspend the second? What the heck is it? Second Amendment Foundation. There we go. That's who I thought it was. They, uh, apparently they won. So, said Governor Murphy simply cannot suspend the Second Amendment. Neither can uh, Superintendent Callahan. Yet under this emergency order, that's exactly what they're doing. The Constitution and federal law don't allow that. New Jersey may have been the first state to ratify the Bill of Rights, but they're the last state to recognize it. So, interesting stuff. We're going to see so many other things happen here, most Ricky Tick. There'll be more things happen between now and Wednesday when we have our next uh, next show. And they've got gun shops that are fighting back here against uh, closures. You know, they're telling them they have to close. Why do you have to close? You know, most gun shops, yeah, there's some exceptions, of course, but most gun shops don't have, you know, 50 or more people. And it's easy enough to limit the number of people that come in. So why close them? You know, well, because they're gun shops. Well, maybe not. They're closing everything, closing ice cream shops, you know, closing everything, that every place where people do anything. So, uh, anyway, there's some gun shops in, uh, New Jersey and New York and, and some other places out here that are really starting to push back and say, uh, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island. And they're filing these, uh, 
these lawsuits and these complaints and they're they're standing up for their rights. You know, it's a shame that something like this has had to happen. You know, it was a shame that Lavoie Finicum had to die to get people to recognize the Constitution to start studying it and realize, you know, kind of start figuring out what their rights are. But, yeah, that's what it took, and it worked. Unfortunately, it's what the way it had to be. So with all of this going on, people have just been fat, dumb, and happy for so long. And they look at this stuff now, and they say, you can't do that. You know, we should have been thinking about this stuff 50 years ago. You know, 10 years ago would have helped. But no, everything's going to be all right. We'll be fine. And now all this stuff comes blasting in here like gangbusters and and people are excited. People are scared. They're extremely concerned about uh, about their rights now. So I got one more thing I want to go through real quick, and then I gotta got uh, places to go, people to see, and things to do. So as with, in, in some ways, we're not so much different than the Democrats. You know, they they never let a good uh, a good crisis go to waste well we we kind of don't either because every time something like this happened you get some article like this one right here five guns for the prepper to buy during the corona 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 apocalypse corona apocalypse yeah there we go um brand new story almost brand new came out yesterday so they're looking at five different guns these are things that should have been addressed many years ago Instead of after all the gun shops are out of guns and you can't go anywhere or do anything. But we'll go through them real quick anyway, just because they're here. Their first suggestion is a Smith & Wesson Model 10 law enforcement trade-in. Good gun. There's still millions of them out there. I don't know how many millions of these guns were made, but they are still plenty of them out there. And there's new ones just like them. The new ones are a little, little different, but uh, they're still... Still very good guns, but it's been around in one form or another for a long, for instance, World War One. And it's a six shot thirty eight, very very reliable, very accurate. There's uh, they're they're just great guns. And so when people say, "Well, I just want to get a, you know, a hundred eighty nine dollar high point or or something like that, just something to have." You know, you can get used revolvers and good, reliable, um, hard-working guns out there for for cheap. Especially if you start hitting some of the some of the gun shows and yard sales and stuff like that. There's a lot of guns out there that are very reasonable. So the uh, one form or another, this chambered in, in quite a few different calibers, but the. But the Model 10, typically when they talk about the Model 10, it's a, it's a 38. No. And this is one I think that uh, Doc likes pretty well. And I've shot them. We used to work on them quite a bit. We sold a few of them when we had the store. It's the uh, Tokarev uh, TT33. That round that it shoots is a 7.62 by 25. Now, that is probably, well, for for many, many years, it was the hottest semi-automatic handgun round in existence and it's still right up amongst the top few 
uh, very fast, flat shooting, clunky old guns, but they're very reliable. Uh, I don't know what they're running these days. They used to be real inexpensive. Lots of ammo available for them out there. And I don't know what the availability of all this is now. I never did like the gun to shoot them, but uh, I, well, I couldn't take away from it the, uh, the reliability. They shot pretty well. Not the most accurate thing in the world, but they shot well enough for what they were for. And uh, another one they're saying, and I don't agree with this one at all. Um, actually, I don't agree with the last one either because of availability of ammo and stuff nowadays. But this one here, I really don't agree with. The AK-74 or or similar, the clone, 5.45 by 39 millimeter. I don't agree with that whatsoever because of the uh, uh, ammo availability. I don't know why you just don't get a, a plain AK. The... PSA, the PA-10, either in 308 or 6.5 Creedmoor. I'd say 308, yes, 6.5 Creedmoor. No, it's a great round. It's a great round. But he's talking about the apocalypse here. He's talking about preparedness, survival, disaster preparedness. You don't want to get some Dairy Queen caliber that uh, that you can't get ammo. You can't just run down to the store and buy ammo for if the stores are closed. Now, as long as there's ammo available, or you reload for it or something, you know, that's it's a it's a dynamite round. But uh you know, it's not anything I'd recommend for the average prepper to get. And then they, they had a tie here between the Remington eight seventy and the Mossberg five hundred. Now we can now we can agree. Absolutely. Uh yeah, for for what they're talking about here, I'd much rather have the Mossberg, but either one you choose, a uh a shotgun is absolutely indispensable no question about it do so many things with them okay well i'm going to cut this just a few minutes short because i've got other things i need to do i'm sorry about that but like i said we're trying uh our damn sure our best to get these shows out and everything we just have so much to do and and uh it's just it's hard but we're doing our best so anyway that's uh Either here nor there, I guess. So I'm going to get on out of here, and I have every intention of trying to be back here Wednesday for you. So good night, and we'll see you then. Well, that wraps up another edition of The Shooting Bench. Join me Monday and Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific, and again on Fridays from 7 to 10 for The Shooting Bench. Good night, and thanks for joining us. No explanation, no reconciliation. No, let's talk it over, number I can call. Goodbye says it all.